it's hard at first. It's really, really hard because um, I think the hardest part for me was because I'm a, I'm a hard worker. I, I'm always somebody who's going to put a lot of time into rehab and everything. Uh-huh. So I knew that was what my agenda was going to look like, just always rehabbing, trying to get back. But I think the hardest part for me was uh, going to spring training and watching the team and not being able to contribute mm-hmm. because I, I'm somebody who... Uh, or I think just in general, I think a lot of athletes, when you, I think part of being on a team is suffering with your teammates yes. and uh, going through all of those trials with them. Uh-huh. And and so not being able to do that and just having to watch and just do my rehab on the side, it, it was kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like one of the, the big mental parts is not being able to go through spring training with my team, but ultimately knowing that if I if I just kept doing what I needed to do, I would hopefully be able to train alongside them and suffer with them eventually. <laughs> Welcome to the HNL Movement Podcast, where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities, sports, and life. Join me in my professional journey as I share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals, colleagues, clients, and you with one goal in mind, how to optimize human performance. This is the right place to learn how a multidimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back everyone to the HNL Movement Podcast. Thank you for joining me for another episode. For all of the new listeners, thank you for joining me today. And this podcast is the right place to learn about everything that's related to elevating your performance. If you haven't already, check back at the library of episodes. There's a lot of great guest interviews, solo topics that really helps you to realize your true performance potential. All of the returning listeners, thank you again for joining me for another episode. I welcome you back. And this week, we have a great guest interview. As I always say... There's a lot of things that I can relate to to every guest that I have on the show. And I hope that you can find a lot of valuable experiences, words of wisdom, and just relate to their story as well. And today's guest is Kalei Greeley, who was a UH volleyball player, had a great career there, but had to overcome a lot of obstacles in her career with injuries, rehabbing, and just navigating her way through her volleyball career because there were some twists and turns that she had to overcome. But for Kalei, I had a pleasure working with her for a little bit in her UH career um, following her shoulder surgeries. And she kind of shares more about that story, some of the obstacles and what she has experienced. And I know this is very relatable to anybody that has gone through an injury or had to overcome an obstacle that was unforeseen and you did not expect. I had a great time and I truly enjoyed sitting down and talking with Kalei and catching up and sharing her story with all of you out there listening. But without saying anything more, let's jump into this episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the H&L Movement Podcast. Today, we have Kalei Greeley here to share her story. She's definitely been through a lot, and she's had a great career at UH, and also doing a lot now in the community to really help kids, help kids grow and learn, and just help them to navigate their way through high school. But thank you so much for joining me, Kalei. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yes. So let's let's start by you have a very we we're talking a little bit before we started recording. And I, I mean, I don't know much about you. We've worked a little bit after 
your shoulder surgeries uh, mm-hmm. to rehab your shoulders um, for a short stint. But other than that, I don't know too much about your background and your story. So let's start with that. What was it like growing up? And you did mention to me that you do have family in Hawaii. So that's how you kind of were named Kalei, right? Yeah. <laughs> and what was it like uh, growing up? And did you move back and forth between California and Hawaii a lot? Share a little bit about that. Yeah, so... Well, I started playing volleyball when I was about 12 years old, mm-hmm. and um, I was sort of yanked out of softball. I thought that's where I was going to head into. I was sold on softball and at the tender age of 12, <laughs> but uh, and my, my family, they kind of thought that it would be better for me to go into volleyball and be just because of my height, and so... When they pulled me out, I um, I started at a club, mm-hmm. um, and I um, I played for about a year, and then my grandma. So for my thirteenth birthday, she decided to take me out to Hawaii for a trip, and okay. that would uh, that was big because uh, while I was there, I she signed me up for one of the camps that Dave Shoji used to run, Got and. When I went there, of course, I only had one year of experience mm-hmm. on, under my belt. But uh, so when I was there, I didn't really make much of an impression. But I just remember being starstruck by all the players there, by Dave, and just totally falling in love with the school and the volleyball program. And uh, I didn't make much of an impression. Of course, I took a picture with Dave, and I thought it was the coolest thing. I was <laughs> yes. next to a celebrity, uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, but he doesn't remember, of course. <laughs> yeah. And um, so from then on out, I kind of made it one of my long-term goals to end up at UH, and I would go and visit Hawaii a few times, and of course, um, get a little bit more in touch with my roots. And I really liked the idea of going to school in Hawaii and kind of learning more about my heritage and um yeah so that's kind of why um that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to UH um and it kind of stuck with me until I was you know in the recruiting process Mm -hmm. that's interesting to hear because a lot of athletes you know something small kind of makes you realize like I want to work towards that right and that's what that camp did for you so before that camp were you familiar with UH volleyball or volleyball in general? No, not really. No. So you just showed it to the camp and you're seeing all of these really, they're like, as you know, Hawaii celebrities, you know, UH volleyball. Yeah. Because it's like the only show in town. Yeah. So explain a little bit about, you mentioned softball. So <laughs> when did you play softball? When did you start playing in competitive athletics when you were small? Oh, um, well, my family is pretty athletic. Both my parents, they played college basketball, and uh, they kind of raised me and my brothers to be athletes. So um, I think we all started maybe around like six years old. And um, I don't remember being too good at anything. (laughs) Um, Softball, I kind of decided on maybe when I was about Mm -hmm. seven or eight and kind of thought that's that was what my route was going to be mm-hmm. but my uh, my brothers they were way more athletic than me and uh, you know something actually a lot of people don't know is I'm actually not somebody who's very ath- naturally athletic I was just always somebody who tried really hard mm-hmm. yeah so when I started volleyball initially mm-hmm. I was not good not good at all and that first year was really really tough and I wanted to 
wanted to quit, but um, yeah, I stuck with it. And uh, yeah, those uh, those years to follow, I just kind of worked really hard on my fundamentals and everything. Mm. And you know, was probably just one of the harder workers in the gym. And that's kind of how I eventually ended up getting to the place of yeah. receiving a scholarship from UH. Yes, and that's good to hear too. That you know, even if you're not naturally gifted you know or it doesn't come as natural to you when you're younger mm-hmm. if you just stick with it and work with it a lot of things can develop and i like how you said you focus on you know just improving your fundamentals and just sticking with it and look where it led you yeah to, yeah. to this day a lot of great experience a lot of a great career at uh too so before we talk touch on more about volleyball and growing up so in softball well did you play any other sports besides softball i dabbled in soccer and basketball but yeah like i said it didn't go too well (laughs) okay but for softball what position did you play i was a pitcher and a first baseman got it so the reason why it's interesting to hear all of the athlete stories is because in softball too i mean you're still an overhead athlete so Mm. the way that you have to train and strengthen your arm uh i know it's pitching you know underhand but still yet for throwing and overhead sports it does carry over to a lot of the other overhead sports a lot of the time so now after you know you kind of realize okay i'm gonna try to play volleyball now Mm -hmm. now my follow-up question to that (laughs) is were you always like the tallest kid compared to your peers or were do you hit a growth spurt later on i was always the tallest tallest person (laughs) yeah so okay so then your parents were like maybe let's try throwing in volleyball right Mm -hmm. and as you started volleyball you said it was kind of a lot of struggles there were times of course when you know you wanted to quit but i'm glad that you stuck with it and everyone in hawaii is glad to see you play (laughs) but what was it like in those early years before high school what was it like for you, you know, learning a new sport, trying to, you know, figure out how to actually improve at this sport? What was that process like? Well, um, like I said, that first year was rough uh-huh. and uh, my parents really encouraged me to give it another shot. Uh-huh. Um, and so I did in those next few years, um, working on fundamentals, mm-hmm. building a really solid foundation and uh, kind of just working through a lot of doubt and failure you know that's kind of how i got to the point of uh i want to say it was around my sophomore junior year of high school that i really started saying like okay i think i've kind of got a good handle on this sport Mm now i mean of course i still had a lot of growing to do but um that's kind of where i started developing confidence because up until then it was tough yeah (laughs) tough mentally and i remember a lot of car rides home my parents were like trying to be encouraging but also like okay we got to keep working (laughs) yes yes so did you play it pretty much year round at that point or Mm -hmm. was it primary did you do you guys have um organized like volleyball for intermediate school or is it primarily just club until you reach high school so in middle school mm-hmm. we had a school team so i would but you know it's very casual those mm-hmm. uh those middle school teams so maybe it's just for a few weeks and so outside of that it was mostly just club until i got to high school then it became year round so high school season would be in the fall and club season would just be right after, right after. that yeah got it so did you stay with the same club team 
throughout your entire time in California, or what's that? What's that like? Because I know there's so many different club teams in California. There's a lot yeah. out there. There's yes. really a lot. It's a tough decision trying to find the club mm-hmm. that, that you want to play for. Mm-hmm. So I started at a club called Nine Five One Elite, mm-hmm. and they uh, they really helped me in the beginning years. Okay. And uh, I think it was maybe after three or four years with them. Mm-hmm. So they had me playing as a middle blocker, which is typical for somebody with height. They're (laughs) just stuck as a middle blocker. (laughs) And uh, then I kind of knew that they expected me to remain in that position. Mm -hmm. So uh, me and my dad kind of made a decision to move to a different club because I had more opportunity as an outside hitter because uh, I was a little bit more of a well-rounded player Mm -hmm. because when I was at 951 I was a middle who would play all the way around Uh and meaning I would play back row which doesn't really happen a whole lot when you're when you're a middle yeah when you're a middle (laughs) so so I made the switch of clubs to uh, a second club called Rancho and they really helped me develop as an outside and that's ultimately what I was recruited as uh, Mm -hmm. from UH how old were you when you switched clubs around? Or what I, grade? I think I was a freshman. Got it. Okay, yeah. so majority of your high school career. Let's talk about, I know you mentioned the camp when you were 12 or 13 years old, mm-hmm. but let's talk about when you said you started to get more confidence, you know, maybe freshman, sophomore year. Was there anything that made you realize, I can actually play at the Division One level? Was there any season or game or instance where you were realizing like let's try to take this to the next level instead of just you know till high school volleyball yeah so actually it was in high school volleyball because my junior year we uh I, I played for a high school called Martin Luther King. Okay. We were a school that wasn't typically known for sports. Okay. We were kind of newer, and okay. so we didn't really make much of an impression for you know in our league. But my junior year, we had a good group of girls, and uh, we weren't expected to go far, but we actually, and they called it our Cinderella story, <laughs> we, we made it to CIF playoffs, which is... Um, already an accomplishment because yes. in our league um they i think they only took the top two and so we competed in um the whole southern section division two and we were playing against girls who were already committed to big schools uh-huh. and um we were beating these teams and we were able to hang with a lot of those those athletes that uh-huh. were already heading to big schools and we ended up winning the cif championship for um southern section wow yeah, we definitely weren't supposed to make it that far. I think they said that we were supposed to be out by like round two. Okay. <laughs> um, and then we went on to play states after that. Mm-hmm. And so that was the northern and southern sections. Got and it. we ended up making it to the state finals for Division Two. That was uh, that was a year where I kind of was a, a player that the team really relied on. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of one of their go-to uh, okay. hitters. Mm-hmm. So... Kind of seeing that I could hang with all of these girls who are kind of at the top level in California. Yes. Um, that's kind of where I started developing a lot of confidence in myself that I would be able to eventually hang in college. That's crazy. That's crazy to get that experience for one. But let's back up a little bit because this is where you can educate me and everyone listening on. <laughs> but I heard a little bit from Tessa, who's your good friend, right? Yeah. Because I was like, okay, what is... How do they break this up in California? Because you're talking about like so many schools. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she did kind of explain that. Yeah, like just to make like your region or even, you know, the Southern 
playoffs, I guess, of mm-hmm. California. That's a huge feat in itself, like you said. Yeah. And then all of California, the best of the best from all of these tournaments, actually play for the championship. So it's yeah. way different than Hawaii. I mean, Hawaii, it's like, okay, ILH, OIA, whoever's the, the <laughs> you know, winner of both, it's like, you guys play for the championship, which it's not even that many teams if you, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things. So to make it that far without, you know, expected to or without having as much talent on your team that says a lot right so what was that experience like for you leading into your senior year my confidence definitely was boosted a little bit after that season I actually right after those playoffs I was offered my scholarship to UH so that was also kind of reaffirming that I kind of was worthy uh-huh. <laughs> and of course uh-huh. I um, I was really stoked because that was my number one school at the time Got so it. heading into my senior year after that I knew that I, I you know I hadn't made it yet of mm-hmm. course I knew I still needed to work hard to mm-hmm. get to a place where maybe I could potentially start as a freshman mm-hmm. or you know at least do well and hold my own when I go to UH so um, if anything it kind of just really made me more motivated um, after kind of experiencing all that. Yeah, so that was also my, I think my senior year was my second year as an outside hitter. So I I knew I still needed to work on that and because that's what I got recruited as too. Got it. So before your junior year, you weren't playing outside. Yeah, I think I was in middle. Middle, still yet. Oh, I see. So then now you're switching positions. Now you're gaining, you know, more success due Mm -hmm. to all the hard work. And I want to ask you a little bit too about the recruiting journey. So you mentioned that UH was your, you know, number one choice, right? How was the recruiting journey like for you, I guess? Were there a lot of interest from California schools? Because I, w- I would assume that that's where you get a lot of your exposure. Mm-hmm. And was it a hard choice for you to decide what you should do or where you should go? Um, so there were a few schools that I talked to. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting process. You know, you have to kind of talk to coaches through your club and your high school coaches because um, I know I don't know how it is now but at the time it wasn't legal for you to message back and forth with yes. college coaches but um, there was a few schools that I was looking into but UH was always in the back of my mind you know, that was the school I ultimately wanted to go to mm-hmm. and I think my um, my backup plan would have been uh, Tennessee which is oh totally opposite <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and a big reason was uh, my senior year um, I thought that I wanted to be a veterinarian and okay. so they have a really good veterinary medicine Got school it. there and I'm so so glad that I didn't go through with that because i <laughs> definitely not a vet now (laughs) very far from that Uh and uh so i'm glad i didn't make that decision based off of something i thought i wanted to Mm -hmm. pursue academically Mm -hmm. but yeah the recruiting process it was it was a little stressful too because you know in california there's all just california alone there's all different kinds of players out there that are really competitive and um, you kind of start to compare yourself to those other players and be like oh but you know they've they're doing these big things and I uh, you know it's kind of it's stressful for a high schooler yes yes (laughs) yeah I know at the time when I was a junior this is kind of like my junior year when things kind of took off Mm -hmm. and 
Uh, I think that's kind of normal um, around junior year, senior year, mm -hmm. when girls are getting recruited. Mm -hmm. I know I was kind of competing with one other girl for that scholarship for UH to be that first recruit. Um, and I think after kind of showing uh, kind of what I could do for UH in that playoff run, I think that's kind of why they end up going with me. Got it. Yeah. Got it. And I mean, the rest is history when you got to UH. And we'll talk about that, you know, a lot of the hurdles and obstacles that you overcame. Before we get into that, so during your high school year, were you coming back and forth to Hawaii? Did you take trips to Hawaii? And did you actually get to see Hawaii play live? You did? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, so did that <laughs> give you like even more, I guess, desire to want to play for Hawaii? Did you see games in San Sheriff too? I did. You did. I remember one in particular. Uh, I think it was my junior year, actually. It was before playoffs, actually. Okay. And uh, I took a trip out there and, oh gosh, they just took me around campus. Uh -huh. They took me to a game and mm -hmm. I was just starstruck. <laughs> I, I was, um, you know, just kind of reaffirmed that mm -hmm. I really wanted to go to UH mm -hmm. and play for, for that program. And there was just, I couldn't find anything wrong with Hawaii. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, and uh, so that's kind of why I ended up choosing that school too, is mm -hmm. there weren't any cons that I could think of. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to get in touch with my heritage. I mm -hmm. wanted to, um, play for that program and you know everybody was always so welcoming too it's something to see i think definitely playing in front of the hawaii fans for volleyball it's something different than other places across the nation <laughs> we have a very i think the fan base is very intelligent about the game of volleyball they definitely oh, yeah. have a lot of <laughs> volleyball iq and it's just such a big sport in here and usually especially for women's volleyball every game is like packed right so you have a good support from the fan base here and it's definitely an experience that i'm glad that you got to experience for your college career so now let's transition over you accepted the offer at uh right mm -hmm. and before you moved here though did you have any main injuries or any significant injuries in high school or what was your career like uh, leading up to college so most of my injuries were just ankle sprains, okay. but I think it was my senior year when I started kind of somewhat experiencing shoulder pain. Mm -hmm. And um, we went to go get an MRI and mm -hmm. it, nothing really showed up. But so I thought maybe it's just, you know, just classic, yeah, overuse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And cause I did take a lot of swings in high school. Mm -hmm. I, I was one of their go-to players, so mm -hmm. they would set me a lot. And mm -hmm. so I figured it was, yeah, maybe just from overuse. Okay. But other than that, I, I didn't really experience any other injuries. Did you guys experience a lot of either strength and conditioning or other things in high school too? Either with club or with your high school team? Yeah, so okay. we, uh, with club and high school, mm -hmm which uh, I don't think that's too common here. It's but, not, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they pushed us hard okay. in, our, in the gym and with conditioning when I was in high school. Uh -huh. um, I, I don't know if, how it was for other schools, but my, my mm. high school, my coach, he really pushed us hard in the weight room and with conditioning. That probably helped you tremendously when you got to UH too. Oh yeah. Yes. So now let's talk about that transition. So now moving, I mean, you're familiar with Hawaii, but now you're actually living in Hawaii mm -hmm. and gonna play volleyball. So what was that transition like for you from the volleyball standpoint, you know, getting used to division one volleyball, but also from a 
you know, cultural standpoint, just moving to Hawaii. What was that like for you? Um, it, it was actually a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought it'd be an, a smooth transition for me, mm-hmm. but I got homesick at first uh-huh. and I missed my mom. I would call her, <laughs> yes. it felt like every day. <laughs> yes. And um, it's also kind of tough making friends in a brand new place mm-hmm. too, but I was really lucky to be on a, on a team and be able to develop connections with, um, you know, at least the other freshmen because we all kind of banded together and, and so, um, and eventually kind of making friends with like, with like the upperclassmen, even though we were kind of scared of them at first. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of like a slow process, but okay. after maybe like two, three months, kind of felt a little bit more settled mm-hmm. in and kind of learning my way around too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the volleyball part like for you? Was that something that it took a little longer than you thought or was it very seamless with the transition the speed of play you know obviously you know at that time I think Hawaii was pretty still pretty dominant in the conference play right Mm -hmm. but you just getting to experience playing with better I guess faster speed of play right what was that for you like from the volleyball standpoint I remember when we went to open gyms Mm -hmm. uh, that summer of my freshman year or going into my freshman year, oh gosh, we all of us, all of us freshmen were just looking at the other girls like, oh my gosh, they, they're terrifying. <laughs> like they're, they're going up for these like really quick sets, and the the game is moving so fast, yes. and we're how are we gonna keep up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we were, yeah, we were definitely intimidated. But I think after maybe a few open gyms and uh, some early practices, you know double days I think we started to kind of get more comfortable Mm -hmm. with the game being vastly sped up (laughs) but um yeah I want to say once season started we were all kind of there so summer training is really really important when Mm -hmm. you're bridging from high school to uh to college especially if you're a fall sport and your season starts as soon as school starts so I'm really glad we had that time to kind of adjust was there anything that really helped you to get adjusted to the speed of play besides just seeing it in open gym or you know in double days in camp was there anything that really helped you to transition faster or better um off the court training was Mm -hmm. really important um we would do a lot of quickness training Mm -hmm. and you know that's not something you're going to see results with overnight Mm -hmm. but um we did notice you know our footwork would get better doing ladders Uh and uh you know reaction training um eventually maybe later that Mm -hmm. season we kind of started noticing results so that's really really important all the off the court stuff too I like that you mentioned that too because it's not only in practice you have to train so that you can do skills and you know Mm -hmm. get better with your volleyball specific movements off the court yeah and the other thing that's great that you said is that yeah it takes some time like I mean Mm -hmm. that's about right like you you started in the summer and then you said you know later on in the season you started to see more of the benefits uh, present itself from the training so for all the athletes out there right it's like giving yourself that amount of time to actually stick with something and it'll pay off eventually in the future oh yeah yes so let's talk a little bit about okay your freshman year and sophomore year Mm -hmm. what was the demands of I guess collegiate volleyball playing on your body right and let's talk a little bit about some of the injuries that you had to overcome and how this 
presented itself throughout your career? You can start wherever you want to start. Yeah. Yeah. So,、um, you know, that that first year, of course, you're you're kind of learning, but you're also getting thrown into the fire too. So it's kind of that's your approach to learning. You're you're in there, and there's not really a better way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, you kind of catch on. But as a freshman, I I wanted to. To have the opportunity to start, but I didn't think I ever would get there. But after maybe a few preseason games,、um, I was actually thrown into the game a few times at outside, and I just remember being at the subline and trembling, like <laughs> being terrified to go into the game, but knowing that you know I just should just. I just got to do what I got to do. The、mm-hmm. team needs me,、mm-hmm. and just got to do what we practice.、Mm-hmm. I think one of those preseason games—I forget who we played—but I ended up being one of the、um, leading uh, attackers okay. that that game.、Mm-hmm. And I think from then on, the rest of the season, I was basically a starter. And so as a As a freshman, it's it's definitely intimidating, especially in the stand.、Yeah. I remember being subbed in for the first few times and and being and trembling trembling、mm-hmm. those few times going in. And、um, you know, you kind of get over it eventually. Kind of shake it off after、uh, a few plays,、mm-hmm. but、um, it was it was scary.、Yeah. <laughs> and you know, just gotta do what you practice and. And、uh, kind of rely on your teammates and the crowd, and and it gets a little bit easier. But unfortunately, so that first year,、uh, when I had kind of already solidified that starting mm-hmm. position, mm-hmm. they found that I、uh, actually had something wrong with my shoulder. So they、uh, they sent me into an MRI, and.、Uh, This was one of the injection kind, not that I, not like the one that I did when、yes. I lived in California.、Yes. And so you could definitely get a better view、mm-hmm. of of the shoulder. And they found that I had a tear,、mm-hmm. so that was kind of tough because they、uh, they basically told me there really wasn't much I could do besides just rehab、mm-hmm. and rehab a lot. So、um, and that was just to prevent、uh, from further tear. Yes. But as a starter, I was I was getting a decent amount of swings.、Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was in games or practices, getting reps,、mm-hmm. so they、uh, that was kind of that was kind of tough. And I noticed as the year progressed, I was、uh, feeling more and more pain.、Mm-hmm. So that that first year was kind of was kind of tough.、Mm-hmm. But、um, I think by the end of that first season, I、uh, kind of learned how to live with the pain, and、uh, I knew that. Even though it had gotten a little bit worse, I probably would eventually just need surgery. Got it. That's actually pretty common that you know try rehab first, especially if the the tear was so small that you had to do the special MRI to actually see the tear that was there, right?、Mm-hmm. But before I go into that, what made you get the MRI in the first place? Like, how bad was it, or how much was it bothering you through that freshman year? Well,、um, it's actually kind of. Kind of funny. So when we were doing、uh, physicals right before、um, oh, okay. we started camp, they were doing、uh, just 
basic test uh they would put pressure on your arm and you have to lift it and something like that and so our athletic trainer (laughs) she uh she was doing that with me she put her arm on my arm and i try to lift mine up and i'm really struggling (laughs) and she looks at me and she's like is that all you can do (laughs) (laughs) and i was like yeah i'm really struggling here And she says, "Uh oh." <laughs> and that was Renee, right? This was time. Renee. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. So okay. um, Renee, from at that point, kind of had a feeling there was something going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, she sent me for that MRI, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where we kind of saw. And from then on out, me and Renee were were besties in the next four years. She actually always joked with me that I was damaged goods because (laughs) I came in with that tear. With that tear, yes. So you actually found out before the season even started. Um, Yes. So, yeah, we found out during that season. Or, sorry, yeah, in in the beginning of the Mm -hmm. season. and And then you were still going through camp and practices and everything relatively like normal just pushing through some of the discomfort yeah okay. yeah so we would do a lot of rehab on mm. on um, our free time and mm. i just remember spending a lot of time in the training room yes yes and uh when i did start playing mm-hmm. um when they put me into the games um i think they were because they were aware that i became a starter mm-hmm. they kind of started uh i guess limiting swings and practices mm-hmm. So I would be okay for the games. Got it. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Thinking back to high school, right? Because you were one of the players that got set a lot, right? You were one of the go-to hitters. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't, you know, it's hard to remember. But in your estimation, how many swings would you take in a practice? Or in a a week or whatever? You know, in a practice, like, were you talking about, like, 200... (laughs) something like that yeah yeah which is a lot of swings right and you think about that you know i guess stress and strain from years prior to getting to uh right Mm -hmm. uh was the first time that you were actually like modifying how many swings you would take right yeah do you know like what they were kind of shooting for or how much you would have to modify from uh practices like how many swings would you think that you're taking um i i think they would probably cut it in half got for it me. yes yeah from compared to the other hitters right yeah yeah so 50 percent volume just to kind of you know save your shoulder and yeah. do whatever volume is appropriate so that you still can get the reps you still can you know get stronger and practice the things you need yeah. without going overboard beyond that threshold where it's just irritating your slap tear yeah right? so let's walk us through that now you said you kind of played through it your freshman year sophomore year it was kind of getting a little bit worse you would say i i would say it got a lot worse my sophomore year sophomore year was really really tough for me Mm -hmm. um that was when we had a really good team that year too Mm -hmm. um we we had a feeling that we could potentially make it far in the ncaa playoffs so there was a lot on our shoulders too and and kind of knowing that and knowing that I was a starter and kind of needed to help the team progress through that, mm-hmm. it was kind of tough because I was experiencing a lot of pain with my shoulder. And then I started noticing that it would, uh, 
it would be really weak. Some days were better than others, of course, but um, it, I could see it progressively getting weaker and um, I, more and more pain. I remember sometimes before games, uh, I would be trying to warm it up in the hallway and just uh -huh. trying to loosen it up and it would be so painful and just feel so weak. I, gosh, there were like times where I went to the bathroom and cried a little bit before mm -hmm. games, mm -hmm. just kind of out of frustration. Yes. Um, that season, they actually, because I was having such a tough time and they really needed me, mm -hmm. they had me take a few cortisone shots. Okay. Um, and that's kind of to help with uh, inflammation mm -hmm. and to uh, subdue the pain a little mm -hmm. bit. So um, I took, I want to say, at least three mm -hmm. that season. Mm -hmm. And uh, they didn't last too long, but they, mm -hmm. uh, they would try to do them before big games too. Yes. Yeah. What would you say, you know, getting all of these things that will help you kind of manage the pain a little bit more, what would you say, in your words, like, what percentage of performance were you at? Wow. Um, I probably want to say it's somewhere around uh, 60, 70. Yeah. yeah. And you were still playing Division One volleyball. Mm -hmm. So that says a lot, too. Now, like you said, you know, it's... A lot of other things besides just the physical pain that you have to deal with and go through, right? Yeah. It's a frustration, you know, the mental side of everything. Was there anything that really helped you kind of just keep plugging along? You know, I am someone to really rely on others. Mm -hmm. And so I had really good friends on the team who mm -hmm. they kind of understood how I felt. Mm -hmm. And so kind of leaning on them and talking to them and you know their their support really helped a lot mm -hmm. it was kind of a, a dark time too yeah. so um i i felt that i could have done even better about dealing with all those frustration those demons i was experiencing mm -hmm. but yeah because for me too it was kind of a really big frustration that i knew i needed to help the team more than um, more than I could because mm. they really relied on me and mm. so kind of feeling like I couldn't help them as much as I could was a really big uh, it was just a really big mental toll on me mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. no I mean athletes that go through any type of injury you know this is common that you know the mental side of it and just mm -hmm. you know the for you I guess it was the really first big injury that was preventing you from playing volleyball contributing mm -hmm. to the team so all of these experiences that's very common i think for athletes to go through mm -hmm. now from the the i want to hear your perspective because when you are dealing with pain or some type of injury or anything that's kind of impeding your performance you have to spend a lot more time and be smart with how you're training too mm -hmm. so talk about that too you know you're still a student athlete but the mm -hmm. time commitment of spending in the athletic training room right trying to keep yourself strong trying to take care of all of the things outside of just practice now just to prepare you for practice mm -hmm. what was that like for you that sophomore year it felt pretty overwhelming mm -hmm. not gonna lie mm -hmm. um balancing school and mm -hmm. uh, rehab too i would spend hours of rehab mm -hmm. uh, hours rehabbing a day mm -hmm. um and then being going to practice and then going to weight training so it was a lot to juggle um and i don't think i really dealt with it too well i mm -hmm. i feel like i could have and i think uh in a way 
Um, I think it's, I, if I were to give advice to people who are experiencing mm -hmm. injury, I would say uh, to kind of be more vocal about what you're mm -hmm. experiencing and kind of help your coaches, your teammates kind of understand how, like what, what you're feeling and what you're going through because uh, then you won't feel so alone mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I kind of felt alone at times. Got it. Yeah. So talk a little bit about as, as you know, like it eventually got worse to the point where mm -hmm. you just felt like you couldn't perform, right? Mm -hmm. And it affected, you know, not only volleyball, but affected probably just daily living stuff, right? Do you have, what was that like for you outside of volleyball with your shoulder? Oh, yeah. So when uh, it got towards the, I guess, the worst part mm -hmm. of that injury, when I was experiencing the most pain, mm -hmm daily stuff was really difficult you know something as simple as brushing my teeth i'd be like oh gosh it's really painful mm -hmm. <laughs> or driving my car mm -hmm. uh so just those simple everyday tasks were really painful and that's that was kind of frustrating too <laughs> yes so what happened how did that conversation come up that what was the next steps to mm -hmm. not only play volleyball but just to take care of your shoulder what was that a difficult decision for you to make or timing wise or what was some of the details with that whatever you're willing to share oh yeah, yeah. um it, in retrospect it, it doesn't sound healthy but mm -hmm. when i would discuss that with my athletic trainer mm -hmm. uh renee mm -hmm. we were we would kind of just say okay we just got to get through the season we got to get mm -hmm. through the season uh, just get through the pain now and then we'll have surgery mm -hmm. by the end mm -hmm. and it's not the best mentality because you kind of it's you gotta probably you gotta deal with it in the moment until you know, before it gets way worse. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess because it was it was a really tough position too because mm -hmm. if I were to stop playing or if mm -hmm. I were to already have surgery, then mm -hmm. our team wouldn't have uh, would have me out, and mm -hmm. that was. Obvious. That wasn't ideal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of just had to have that discussion and and lay out the pros and cons and uh -huh. ultimately kind of deciding that we just got had to push through the season. Got it. From your teammate standpoint, and you know, I, I'm glad that they were very supportive. And even from the coach's standpoint, although you felt like you weren't playing nearly to your capabilities and potential, mm -hmm. how was it? It was still enough where the coaches were seeing a lot of value in having you on the court, I'm assuming. And mm -hmm. what was that perspective like from the outside, I guess, outside of you? How were they seeing your performance was? You know, I I was typically a player, and this is what David Shoji would tell me a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, um, he would say that I was a player that was really steady. Mm -hmm. And so he would say you don't notice me on the court until you look at the stats afterwards and then you see oh she actually did good <laughs> which is kind of like a backhanded yeah. compliment yeah. But, yes. but so i was just a very steady player and kind of um pretty composed okay. once i got the hang of it of course you know mm -hmm. freshman year at the beginning not mm -hmm. so much but um so i thought that even if i was playing between 60 and 70 percent mm -hmm. um i was still an asset on the court because mm -hmm. i i kind of just maintained that composure and 
was um, kind of always a steady player that never really made a whole lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Of course, I wasn't like a standout or anything, mm-hmm. but um, just kind of like a rock mm-hmm. for everybody mm-hmm. on the team. And so they thought that even if I was performing at 60, 70%, I was still needed on the court. Got it. And let's talk about when it started to get, you know, that second half of the season of your mm-hmm. sophomore year, right? You're experiencing more pain. Obviously, you're able to, and you did it, right? You were able to push through, still contribute to the team and all of that. But what was the experience like after games, after practices? You know, what condition was your shoulder in after you go through volleyball? Oh my gosh, I, I called it uh, my super shoulder. I would <laughs> always be wrapped with three or four yes. ice bags all around my shoulder and um, I would be walking around with this giant bulge. <laughs> yeah. yes. And there was all kinds of recovery that that went um, that we went through. Uh, there would be uh, game ready that we would use stem, all kinds of stretches. Uh, sometimes if it just got so bad, uh, if we had time, we would do like a, a cortisone shot at some point during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would just do everything we could to prolong how how long I could play got it so when was it that you actually made the decision okay let's go ahead and schedule surgery and get this repaired we made that towards kind of towards the end of my sophomore year Um, after uh, my athletic trainer saw how much pain I was in Mm -hmm. And again, I wasn't, I I wouldn't talk to my coaches or my athletic trainer a whole lot about how I was feeling, but Mm -hmm. when it got to a point where it was, it it felt like that, I kind of, I had to become a little bit more vocal about Mm -hmm. it, but kind of discussing that with her, we would, we made that decision that we had to have surgery at the end of the season, but to actually get there, we had to go through playoffs first. Got it. Got it. And uh, that was actually the year that we went the furthest in my career. Okay. We played up until the Elite Eight. So the NCAA tournament starts off with 64 teams. And uh, we made it to, um, to the Elite Eight, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. But I remember the, the game leading up to our Penn State match, which was in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. I had to get a cortisone shot right before that game just to to make it through. So because it felt like my arm was going to fall off. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. you know, after kind of going through all of that, you, we kind of knew that mm-hmm. surgery would have to happen as soon as season was over. Yes. So you had it right at the conclusion of your season. You had the surgery as soon as possible. I had winter break first, and okay. then I came back. And came back and had the surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about that now. So the process of, you know, and I'm assuming this is your first major sports injury, mm-hmm. first surgery, right? Yeah. So what was this? You know, for a lot of athletes, nothing really can prepare you for the road mm-hmm. to recovery. But <laughs> what was it like for you getting the surgery and the aftermath of the surgery? Mm-hmm. Well, I did feel relieved going into Mm -hmm. getting the surgery because in my mind, I thought, okay, this is going to fix everything Uh and I'll be able to perform at, you know, 90, 100 Mm percent. So kind of that build up was exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, I was I was elated to finally, you know, make moves towards being a a player that could contribute more. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
it's hard at first. It's really, really hard because um, I think the hardest part for me was because I'm a I'm a hard worker. I I'm always somebody who's going to put a lot of time into rehab and everything. Uh-huh. So I knew that was what my agenda was going to look like. Just always rehabbing, trying to get back. But I think the hardest part for me was. Uh, going to spring training and watching the team and not being able to contribute because mm-hmm. I, I'm somebody who, uh, or I think just in general, I think a lot of athletes, when you, I think part of being on a team is suffering with your teammates yes. and uh, going through all of those trials with them. Uh-huh. And, and so not being able to do that and just having to watch and just do my rehab on the side it it was kind of tough mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and i think that was like one of the the big mental parts is not being able to go through spring training with my team but yes. ultimately knowing that if i if i just kept doing what i needed to do i would hopefully be able to train alongside mm-hmm. them and suffer with them eventually <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And there's a lot of great things that you said there too, you know, it definitely takes you out of the, I guess that team element for Mm -hmm. a little while, where I'm still sure, you know, they were very supportive, you had a lot of support around you, but it's just different because, you know, there's certain things that you have to take care of before you can get back to volleyball, right? Yeah. Um, The other thing that you said is, and I think this is something that, you know, the entire sports medicine and healthcare profession can do a little bit more of i think is that you know it's commonly that perception that okay if i get surgery i'm gonna be fixed right mm-hmm. and yes the injured area or tissue that was fixed right mm-hmm. but the road to recovery it's literally starting from like ground zero mm-hmm. where you have no muscle activation coordination yeah. strength power or anything and we're trying to get you from that ground zero or that day one after surgery to get you to hit the volleyball and do all of the things that you need to and i think that's the part that is going to take it's not going to be fixed from the surgery Mm -hmm. that's going to take a lot of like you said the process of you know before you got to uh right you did all the speed and agility work and then Mm -hmm. you saw like oh i got you know better after months right that's kind of the process of rehab is to restore all of these other functions besides the damaged tissue that's the tough part right it is really tough yeah yeah. so talk a little bit about that and i think well explain what happened you know how how that rehab process was and then how you felt leading into the next season in the fall Mm-hmm. Well, you're definitely right. You start at ground zero. Yes. Because I remember maybe a few days after surgery still, I could barely move my shoulder. I needed help showering, washing mm-hmm. my hair. And mm-hmm. it's really, really tough not mm-hmm. being able to do those little things. And you really need to rely on other people. Mm-hmm. But even when you do start doing those little movements, you do exercises with absolutely no weight. Mm-hmm. You just lifting your arm above mm-hmm. your head or to... Yeah. or you know even with your shoulder is uh-huh. so difficult <laughs> and so you it's definitely baby steps and it's frustrating because you i think naturally you want to see immediate results mm-hmm. but it's not something that uh-huh. you will see immediate results with it's i, I want to say a shoulder recovery is somewhere between nine and 12 months mm-hmm. and that's that's a long haul <laughs> that's yes. a lot of that's a lot of rehab and a lot of just trusting the process mm-hmm that you go through and so it it was tough it's 
your motivation does kind of waver at times mm-hmm. and and you feel like gosh am, am i even seeing results mm-hmm. or am i even progressing mm-hmm. so you start to kind of doubt yourself sometimes what was the toughest part during that recovery process for you I, I think it was probably not being able to participate with okay. my teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was really tough, and and I didn't. I mean, I tried to do everything that I could on the side. You mm-hmm. know, I would do rehab while they're doing uh, their training, uh-huh. and but just not being in the team element mm-hmm. as much. You kind of do start to feel, and it's nothing that my teammates did, but you do yes. kind of start to feel a little bit. Um, like an outcast sort of mm-hmm. and you kind of don't feel like you're a part of the bubble when you're when you're rehabbing and doing your own thing on the side mm-hmm. while your team is doing their their yeah. own thing that's definitely a challenge right that that team environment or that social aspect that you get from team sports mm-hmm. because you're not you know cleared or you're not able to do the same things that you're used to right? yeah let's talk a little bit about so obviously you know you progressed well you definitely put in a lot of time and what was it like to when did you get cleared to start to return back to some volleyball and what was that transition for you like so i had to spend that summer at home mm-hmm. um, i didn't go home at all and i just stayed in hawaii and uh, did training with my uh, okay. with my athletic trainer renee mm-hmm. um, i think it was over that summer where we started taking swings mm-hmm. and uh, doing more controlled stuff in the gym just one-on-one with me and her mm-hmm. I want to say when people started coming back for, you know, the later summer training mm-hmm. and uh, beginning of the fall training, that's when I started being thrown into practices. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to be a little bit more controlled, too, because if I just went in diving everywhere and yes. going up blocking and <laughs> all this stuff, then uh, it wouldn't have gone well <laughs> because yeah. you just got to ease yourself in. Mm-hmm. and. And you, I mean, of course, you're anxious. You wanna, yeah. you wanna get in there. You wanna play again. But um, you know, you also got to keep in mind you put in all that work. You mm-hmm. don't want it to go to waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, did you get some playing time uh, that next season? This is your junior year. So yes, it's going into yes. my junior year. That was that was tough too because a whole other element to this story is mm-hmm. that I. Um, I don't know when we realized. It might have been somewhere in the middle of my season, my junior year. But even though I was swinging again, it was nowhere close to what was expected. Mm-hmm. And um, that was really tough because I didn't understand because I put in all this effort mm-hmm. and and I told myself that, you know, I was hopefully going to be between 90 and 100 mm-hmm. percent. and. I was functioning way, way lower than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't even play as a starting outside that year. Um, they had me playing back row just because my swinging wasn't up to par. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had me playing as a back row specialist. Mm-hmm. I was a DS that season. Mm-hmm. I used to joke I was the world's largest DS <laughs> in women's volleyball. <laughs> yes. And um, But so in the middle of the season, I finally got another MRI. Okay. And they actually found that my shoulder looked worse than it did before my first surgery. Mm-hmm. So I guess around somewhere in that season, we decided that I would go in for a second surgery at the end of that season too. Got it. Now, this is how I first met you. You came into pro for a little bit to try to strengthen. Was it during the junior season? 
I think it might have been during the junior season. Towards maybe that tail end to try to get you to, you know, just build some strength to support your shoulder a little yeah. bit more. It's you're not the only one, but a lot of the athletes. I know the ARP isn't fun. You probably have <laughs> have these memories that you block out with the ARP. But um, yeah, you did a lot of rehab. I remember you working really hard. It wasn't always fun, um, but it was just things to you know. I think if you think back to prior to the first surgery, it was things to try to get your shoulder to actually withstand swinging or withstand volleyball and build some strength again.、Mm -hmm. um, But talk talk a little bit about that process. Well, that was a <laughs> that was definitely not my favorite thing I've ever done. <laughs> ARP ARP is tough,、um, especially on your shoulder when it's really weak too. Yes. So yes. that was a. I remember at times I just I felt like it. it, it It was like coursing through my entire body, <laughs> <Yes> . and、um, uh, gosh, I, I probably. I probably did shed a few tears too. <laughs> like that was tough. It's tough, yeah. Yeah, all that training that goes into strengthening a really weak shoulder—it's—it's、mm. it's really challenging.、Mm. But I, you do see results. You、mm. definitely,、um, again, it's not overnight. You、mm -hmm. see it a, a, after maybe a couple months.、Mm -hmm. But、um, just kind of investing in yourself and putting in that extra time with your injury,、mm -hmm. and that was kind of. Leveling up from what I was used to as well. That、um, that art machine、yes. that we worked on. Yes. I didn't really do a whole lot of that in at UH, so、mm -hmm. it was it was helpful for sure.、Mm -hmm. And explain. So you know, you you knew that the MRI showed further damage, right?、Mm -hmm. um, explain what it was like to make it past that junior year. Yeah, so if I I thought that my sophomore year was really tough, I think that junior year might have been even tougher because you kind of build it up for so long,、mm -hmm. and you have these expectations that、mm. um, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be functioning at a high level again.、Mm -hmm. I'm going to be back to normal,、mm -hmm. and you kind of build it up in your head, and you get excited to、yes. to return to that norm and. When you find out that you can't because of、um, you know there's issues that that took place somewhere in the recovery process, it's、mm -hmm. crushing. It's、yeah. it's just completely devastating. And so kind of that build up and then experiencing what felt like failure was really tough.、Mm -hmm. And you know I will say playing for the University of Hawaii.、Mm -hmm. You kind of feel this sense of duty to your teammates, to your coaches, the fans, the、mm -hmm. the whole state. <laughs> <laughs> And so when they're all rooting for you to get better, because they know that the team's going to need you,、mm -hmm. and you kind of fall short of what their expectations were, it's it's really crushing.、Mm -hmm. And so I kind of had to. Deal with that feeling like I let a lot of people down,、mm -hmm. and I think that says a lot about your personality and your character too. Because you know you have that sense of you're playing for more than just the team, right? You're playing for、mm -hmm. the community in Hawaii. And on that note, to give the listeners a better picture, right? It's like there's a lot of fans in the community because this is the only show in town again.、Mm -hmm. So like even when you go out on the weekends or you know if you're going out. <laughs> 
how frequently do people recognize when you were playing on the team, right? That they do they recognize you? Oh yeah, at the yes. time when I was playing at UH, mm-hmm. it felt like every time I left my house, somebody yes. would recognize me. Yes. And during that process of rehab, a lot of people knew about my shoulder too, mm-hmm. and they knew that they were invested in my story. So people would ask me too, yeah. "Hey, like, how's your shoulder feeling? <laughs> Are you going to be okay next season?" Uh-huh. And you know, at first when I thought it was going well, I would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's looking good. I think uh-huh. we're going to be good to go next season. Uh-huh. So when it kindly came, when it kind of came to light that I wasn't going to be able to play and perform as well as I wanted to that season, um, when, I, when I would see fans out and about, they'd be like, oh, how's your shoulder? It was really hard to answer, answer and be yeah. like, yeah, it's... It, it's okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We're still trying to work uh-huh. it out. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, all of that presents further challenges or further, you know, weight on your shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. That you're probably feeling. That's why you feel like, you know, when you're not performing well, it's again, you know, like there's a lot riding on it. But yeah. I think that says a lot about your personality and your characteristics and your values, mm-hmm. which is a really good thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're glad that. You know, you still were able to, you know, deal with the situations, overcome some of these obstacles. So now you made it through the season, right? Primarily mm-hmm. playing as a DS, mm-hmm. but you played through the season, still contributed a lot. Now, what was the discussion like, and what made you realize, okay, we got to take care of this mm-hmm. again for the second time? Yeah, I it just took more conversations with my coaches mm-hmm. and um, with my athletic trainer Renee. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they knew that I was, at that point, even my junior year, I was supposed to be one of our go-to hitters. Mm -hmm. And um, the same thing for my senior year. Mm -hmm. So knowing that there, you know, that's kind of like what I was recruited for too. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we all had that conversation like, yeah, we we probably need another surgery and see if that will help get you on the court and contributing as an outside again. Mm -hmm. Because there weren't many... There were a few outsides on our team, but um, with with me out, they had I guess a, they had to shift some some people around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. So you actually ended up, you know, getting the revision, getting a second surgery. Mm-hmm. Did you have that kind of same timeline right after the season mm-hmm. was done? You know, yeah, I think I got that surgery around the same time that I got the first one. Okay. So. Uh, but it was kind of crazy. After that second surgery, mm-hmm. I, I did feel a little bit different and initially, mm-hmm. too. And, and the recovery process felt like it was um, it was go- heading in the right direction. And, yes. and I, I felt more confident in mm-hmm. my shoulder being better for that season. Yes. But uh, And then I stayed home again to rehab and, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of just... <laughs> copy pasted from the year before yes. going through all of that again yes. um by the time season came around again we don't necessarily know what um what the issue was but it still wasn't strong enough to swing mm-hmm. and so i kind of resulted to being a ds again for my senior year got it mm-hmm. and you know there's well i think like you touched on there's a lot to be learned a lot mm-hmm. of lessons to go through any type of season-ending injury or surgery, right, to mm-hmm. rehab. Now, 
you know, unfortunately, it does happen sometimes where you have to go through the process again, mm-hmm. which you have to go through. And there's a lot of pros and cons. You know, some of the cons are like, oh, we got to do all of this all over again, you know, when you yeah. just did it. But the pros are that I think you, it gives you a little better understanding or perspective as to what's going to come up right Mm -hmm. so you know even though you're going through it again that might help to ease some of the uncertainty or ease some of i guess the struggles of the day-to-day struggles of like doing the same things right and you just got to put in the work and then every week it gets a little better right until you get back to volleyball Mm -hmm. but can you say anything about what were some of the big lessons that you've learned after you had to go through it the second time mm-hmm. well no you're it was definitely easier the second time around i think uh, because i i kind of already knew what needed to be done and because i've been through it already it was um it was easier mentally and uh emotionally kind of knowing what to expect mm-hmm. so that was good mm-hmm. and um i kind of wanted to make sure I didn't build it up so much in my head that second time around because if you because I didn't want to experience that again you know being really invested in being a an outside again and Mm -hmm. saying like I'm doing this so I can so I can you know help help the team by being an outside again I didn't want to set myself up for that disappointment again So I felt like I was a little bit, um, you know, of course I still worked hard too Mm -hmm. and um, put my full effort into it, but I didn't want to build it up so much in my head the second time around. Yes, and you were still in a good position, I think, where you were still contributing to the team, even as a DS, right? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, you know, ideal what what you want to do, right? But you're still getting court time. You're still playing, contributing and all of that. Let's talk real briefly i don't want to keep you too long but real briefly <laughs> let's talk so unfortunately your career kind of came to a halt again your senior year mm-hmm. and you had your acl injury right mm-hmm. so talk us a little bit through like where you were at you know that obstacle in itself mm-hmm. and how did it feel to you know not be able to finish as strong as you would have hoped for right yeah so um i kind of had accepted my role as a DS Mm -hmm. in my senior year and so I was kind of getting into the swing of that and kind of just putting all my effort into being the best DS I could and I felt like I was sort of getting the hang of it but um, towards the end of that season I think it was our last conference game of the year we were at UCI and um, I was set in the back row and of course I hadn't jumped in and swung in a while too. So I think my body just forgot how to land. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I jumped and I swung at a ball and I landed and kind of just blew out my whole knee. Mm -hmm. So um, that was tough too. That was a hard pill to swallow because Mm -hmm. I I felt like I was kind of just getting into my role and um, I was excited for NCAA playoffs. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, after a couple of days of just being really down about my career ending like that, I kind of, I kind of just woke up one morning and Mm -hmm. decided, no, there's no way I'm going to let myself just sit here and feel bad about how it ended. I'm going to contribute however I can. Mm -hmm. And so, I 
was uh, given an electric wheelchair. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I would be zooming around our practices uh-huh. and, you know, talking to the girls and I'd be shagging balls. Yes. Um, and I'd just be do be doing everything that I could uh-huh. to still contribute and still um, encourage the team to, to do well without me. And I think that was actually something that was really helpful for them and yes. kind of encouraged them to finish strong and mm-hmm. even though I was injured they still traveled me for the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I was kind of more of a motivational factor yes. than than anything so uh, I mean yeah it's unfortunate that I had all, all those injuries but I think ultimately I kind of retired as as uh, someone who is still cheering on the team yes. like regardless of not being able to play yes And again, I think that says a lot of the great qualities that you have because, you know, you found a way to still contribute, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, I think you're always one that's going to just do what you can and try to put the team first, you know, try to represent not only your team, but like you said, the state and everything Mm -hmm. and do what you can to, even if that's encourage them, support them. And I like that you said that because there's a lot of things that I think we all still can contribute even when we're going through obstacles or injuries or all of that and i do want to lead this into kind of what you're doing now so Mm -hmm. i think a lot of these experiences you know have taught you a lot obviously and you're using it to kind of pay forward to help some of the high school students right Mm -hmm. so explain a little bit about the messages that you share to some of the high school students what it is that you briefly do and what's kind of your perspective with how to help and pay forward to younger athletes or students yeah um so after my career ended with uh, with uh i kind of I, I decided that i didn't want to play pro because my body had kind of had a lot of wear and tear so i needed to shift into a career already mm-hmm so i decided to pursue school counseling Mm -hmm. and so i entered grad school at chaminade and i just recently finished it was Mm -hmm. a two and a half year program congrats thank you thank you (laughs) i uh but but those two years before finishing so i have been a teacher Mm -hmm. at uh, kalani high school i teach this program called alc it's uh, an alternative learning program basically it's um, for kids who really fell behind for some reason mm-hmm. in their first three years of school and they need an opportunity to really catch up in credits and so they come to me and I'm their only teacher all day every day and I teach them all the subjects they need to catch up but then also I intertwine a lot of counseling Mm -hmm. that's actually the majority of what I do it's a lot of counseling because a lot of the kids who enter that program Mm -hmm. They're there for some reason, and yes. a lot of the time it's because of hardships they experience mm-hmm. outside of school. Mm-hmm. And so I really relate to that because I experience yes. a lot of hardships outside of, um, you know, mm-hmm. outside of volleyball. And mm-hmm. so I kind of bring those experiences with me, and yes. I really can connect with my kids well yes. because I understand what it's like to experience something like mm-hmm. that. Yes. And um, so that's uh, what I'm doing right now. And I eventually want to be a school counselor mm-hmm. who works in high schools, just trying to help kids with any social emotional issues that they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Are there any big messages that you can pass on, not only to the kids that maybe are in your program or need to catch up with credits, right? But just for anyone navigating through high school, college, or even those athletes that are 
looking to play at the next level, right? What are some of the messages that you can pass on from your experiences? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely a few things I can think of. Um, one of the big ones being there's nothing wrong with communicating any any demons you're facing and communicating with others and being open about it because I I know that I kind of regret not being as open about it with others and kind of asking for help when I needed it. Mm-hmm. So I think um, it's hard to talk about. It's really, really hard to talk about. But I always encourage my kids that I work with to be upfront and open about having those conversations. And and they all kind of realize after I work with them on that, that they do feel better. And, you know, talking, to, just simply talking to somebody about something and finding someone you trust is, it's, it goes a long way and it really helps. Yes, mm-hmm. it definitely helps. And I think, you know, you passing on that message from your, your experiences, mm-hmm. they can tell that, you know, you've been there, they can tell that you really care about them and you're really there to help them too. So mm-hmm. I think we need more people in the community, you know, in any role, right? Mm-hmm. To really help some of the kids when they're going through some of the hard times because yeah. that's what most people, the public doesn't see, what mm-hmm. happens during the hard times, you know? Yeah. It's fine when things are going great, you know? A lot of times, oh, yeah. you know, things are going great. You don't need need a lot of this, this extra support, I guess, um, although it helps, right? Mm-hmm. But it's to get people through some of these obstacles because I think that's when we learn and grow the most. Yeah. But it's great to hear all of the things that you're doing. I mean, even now, you know, even though you're not playing competitive volleyball or anything, (laughs) taking care of the shoulder, the knee is recovered too after you Mm -hmm. had surgery. And it's really good to hear kind of all the the backstory of what you had to go through through your UH career. And it's still played out, you know, although you weren't playing the position that you would have liked and things it still played out to be a very valuable experience for you and help yeah. you to this day right oh yeah yes do you have any other any other last words or messages to anyone out there but i'm so happy to have heard and you know sharing <laughs> your story too but any any last words honestly just any hardships that are faced just kind of work through them and ultimately you'll kind of end up on the flip side and feel stronger because of it so I I'm don't regret my career Uh I definitely know that I learned a lot from it there's a lot of things to be learned from hardships and so I'm I'm thankful for it actually and I'm stronger because of it definitely a lot stronger and thanks for sharing all the great stories again and maybe one day you know have you ever thought about coaching or doing anything like that i have i want to i I want to pass down any knowledge that i've gained (laughs) from my career so i i want to eventually be a high school coach yes so one of these days we'll see you coaching on the sidelines or for club or all of these things um Mm -hmm. but i think there's definitely a lot of things that you're going to do to help more people in the future but also you know hopefully get back to the game of volleyball in some capacity and help all of these younger athletes hopefully but (laughs) This is always, I always say, it's just the tip of the iceberg of your story. We can literally, every athlete, we're trying to cram in as much as much of your story as possible. But maybe one day we'll do it again and follow up on this. But thanks so much again for joining me. I hope you enjoyed yourself and thank you for sharing your story. I did. Thanks for having me, Andrew.